Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I am Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And today's episode, we got some planning to do because we got some exercise stuff for you today because we has, it's been a while since we've done some exercise, haven't we? Well, well since we've spoken about exercise, exercise, we've done it. We've done it. But, you know, <laughs> true, about true. It, Always <laughs> correcting me, Damo. I was going to say, speak for yourself, Lawrence. I did exercise <laughs> this morning. I've been a good boy. Well, today we've got something, a, a specific exercise program we're going to talk about. And uh, Brett's really interested in this pro, um, because he's been uh, doing this for, uh, recently, haven't you? Interval training. Absolutely. Yeah, I think interval training is fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of an interesting, interesting journey for me because I've obviously come off of only a few months ago doing my ultra marathon, which obviously involved a lot of cardio um, and a lot more cardio, you know, long distance, slow cardio than what I'm used to and what I would usually do. Um, so I've been really getting back into more the interval training style, um, which I think is a lot better for the body. It gives you a lot more well-rounded exercise. And we, we're going to talk about some of the benefits of that as we go along. Um, um, but I thought I'd start by sort of talking about, I reckon, two of the classic uh, mistakes, I guess, or, you know, the classic things I see with people in terms of their exercise. Um, and one is just sort of what I spoke about then is people who do just a lot of slow, long cardio, you know, whether that's uh, whether that's running, whether that's uh, bike riding, you know, we, people just tend to have this idea that just doing, you know, half hour, an hour, you know, sometimes even longer of cardio is enough to keep you healthy and to get a well-rounded fitness, um, which just isn't the case. It, it can help get you fitter than what you were perhaps, but in terms of getting, you know, overall fit, it, it's not going to give you the whole package. Um, and the second one is, I guess, people focusing just on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is kind of just on the weights and the resistance stuff, um, often without a lot of intensity, but just lifting, um, you know, heavy weights with lots of recovery time in between, um, which tends to be great if you're looking to build up your muscles and, you know, go to the gym and hit the nightclub. Um, in fact, I was, I was, yeah, I was talking to a mate of mine about this yesterday, actually, and his answer to me was, well, look, mate, I don't care. I don't want to get healthy. I just want to look good in the night club <laughs> so oh really said, okay well look fair enough if that's what you're after then perhaps you know my advice isn't the advice that you need um yeah. but, but but i think once again that that's you know it, it can build up muscle it can improve you know various aspects of your health but you're not getting the whole package um so, so what do you guys reckon you see the same sort of stuff oh definitely i mean you know you you go to the gym and you see these um people going on those treadmills and riding a bike and they're just sweating their you know their pants off but you know, but yet they're they're not losing I any. You going to mate? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, come on, you got to see you. You don't. Nah, guess, you're right. You, you're you see right. these people all the time, and and the, and the problem is that they always complain about that they're not losing the weight and uh, they're not shifting it, and they're not shifting it because they're doing the same cardio routine they've always done, and they're not yeah. changing um and and really changing the routine for their body, their heart rate, and they expect this, you know, that they're going to get the same a different result every single time and which is crazy. But then again, you see all these Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, muscle bomb guys who think that they're fit and healthy, but uh, those yeah. are the people that actually die young. You know, how many how many muscle, you know, built Arnold Schwarzenegger's do you actually see live past 100? You know, you rarely see that. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any um, you know, muscle big huge muscle bicep yeah. guy past 100 years old well yeah it's a great point lt and you know the way i often look at it is i think you know are you really fit 
if you've got massive muscles and you look huge but you can't run around the block? You know, or conversely, are you really fit if you can run for three hours without stopping but you can't lift up your wife's handbag? You know, like you, you've yeah. got to have a bit of a balance here. You've got to have a bit of, um, you know, you've got to have some endurance but you've also got to have some strength and some muscle mass there as well because we know how important that is for your health. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great points. Great points. I think we, you know, we definitely know that as the there's ebbs and flows of different types of exercise all the time. You know, only a few years ago, I remember everyone saying you go get into the ultra marathons, and then not not long before that, everyone's doing triathlons, and um, prior to that, everyone's in the gym, and then there was the treadmills, then there was the cross trainer, and then you know, I mean, Brett, you know this. Just recently, there's been CrossFit, and now all of a sudden, we're talking about interval training. So. It's got to be very, very difficult for people out there who may or may not know a whole lot about exercise. They might be interested in exercise, but is this just another fad? Are we talking about another? I mean, I do interval training. That's what I do. So I'm not saying that I don't do it. I'm not saying that I haven't succumbed to another fad, but I'm saying that is, is this actually a fad? Well, I think it's hard to know, isn't it? You, I think you always look at the fads and you know in hindsight. Um, but, but look, in terms of the, the science, in terms of how it affects your body, I think it makes sense um, because you're actually enable, it's enabling you to get a much broader range of fitness and I think that's a really healthy thing because um, it actually enables you to get your cardiovascular fitness at the same time as it enables you to build muscle and to build strength and to build power, um, you know, agility, all of those other skills that are involved, I think, in a well-rounded fitness. So um, I think from that point of view, it, it's something that um, certainly has a lot of benefit there and, and makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think so often when we look at these fads, it, people just kind of chuck common sense out the window. Mm. Um, and you look at some of these fads and you just think, man, that just doesn't make sense. Like that's not a well-rounded exercise routine. That, that's not, that can't be healthy. You know, it might be a great way to lose weight in the short term or it might be a good way to, to get a six-pack in, you know, six weeks or whatever it happens to be. But in terms of actually long-term getting fit and getting healthy, I think most of the time common sense tells you when you look at those fads, yeah, that's probably not the way to go. Yeah, you know, you know I like interval training and I, and I do it myself. Myself. And I think you can still do a lot of these old routines and the way you build your muscles before, but you just do it differently. I think in today's age, especially with the convenience of time, interval training fits that model for a lot of people because a lot of people don't have the time to do, you know, an hour runs or and, and spend the time to actually do it. So interval training fulfills that need, I think. And that's just why it's so popular at the moment. You know, and it because it can you can really get a really good workout and a decent workout and getting fit really quickly in a short interval of time in less than twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's good. That's good. You know, people are time poor, aren't they? People are very time poor. Mm. It's so true. And you know, I was talking to a friend, um, and to give people a bit of an idea about interval training, I was talking to a friend just a week or two ago um, who's actually lost about 30 kilos um, in, you know, in about 18 months. She's, she's just done a fantastic job and she's been doing some of the diet stuff we spoke about with Rob Wolf and a couple of the other guys um, but she's also been doing interval training. So she's only been exercising 20 minutes three times a week which you know, traditionally we think, wow, that's not a lot. That's, that's not enough to actually create results. Mm. Um, but her and her partner have been getting fantastic results training a grand total of 60 minutes a week which is pretty amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, that's amazing results and that's pretty crazy uh, results, you know, using only 20 minutes three times a week. So, Brett, tell us what is interval training? I mean, people who have never heard of this before will be like, okay, tell me what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it the best so, of both worlds? 
So I think the first guy that I've certainly come across who sort of introduced this interval training was a guy called uh, Tabata. Um, so he was the head coach of the Japanese speed skating team um, and he devised this exercise routine that basically involved 20 seconds of really intense full-on activity followed by 10 seconds of rest. Um, so the idea of this was that um, it, it's essentially an incomplete recovery time. So, so what that means is you work really, really hard and then before you've given yourself a chance to rest and recover, you hit it and you go again. Um, so it's really training your body to be able to keep working hard, um, particularly training you know the heart and the lungs are really good for increasing this strength and the ability of these um, in a in a short period of time. Because obviously, if you're if you're hitting it hard for 20 seconds and then resting for only 10 seconds, um, there's only a certain amount of time you can do that for. Mm. Um, you know, I reckon it's almost impossible to go longer than 20 minutes if you're doing a really intense interval training. Um, and some of the interval trainers, you know, some of them might be as short as five minutes if you're really going hard. Yeah. Um, so it's just about um, increasing the intensity of your exercise um, and probably decreasing the, uh, the in, decreasing the length of time that you're exercising for. Does that make sense? Definitely. I can just remember the days when I used to work out way back in high school. We used to, you know, pump some irons for about like eight to ten reps, and you rest for about five minutes before you go yeah, to the next set. Next set. Opposite to interval training. That's right. Yeah. So some interesting you, results. You obviously got massive during that OT. Oh, I was huge. Yeah, you can just imagine me. I was uh, I was four <laughs> times the size. <laughs> four times the size. Excellent. Of and still with porcelain skin. So that would have been incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Oh yeah, I was a catch in high school. <laughs> so some of the results that Tabata got when he was doing this, you know, he had people doing this um, five days a week for six weeks, and and these were like you know elite athletes, um, and they increased their aerobic capacity by fourteen percent. Wow. Um, wow, which is actually huge. Um, yeah. Not only that, they increased their anaerobic capacity, so their ability of their body to work without oxygen uh, by twenty eight percent. Um, so, you know, if you're talking about endurance, you know, elite athletes, you know, those sort of improvements are just off the scale, you know, let alone if you were doing that same sort of routine on someone who was, you know, less than elite, uh, the results, I imagine, would be even huger, even bigger. Even right. huger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good, you know, it? you're right. I, it's true. You do see that. But, you know, Bretto, you and I have been doing a very similar, pro the same program, actually, for the last few months um, with interval training. Yes. And there's, you know, the conversation around, well, you just mentioned before that um, it's incomplete recovery. But yes. sometimes the languaging can be a little bit confusing, can't it? So the interval training that we're doing, which yep. actually goes for about 45 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes, and you said you couldn't really do it for, you know, longer than 20 minutes. This year's yep. got a warm up session, a stretch, and then about a 12 minute full on hardcore, maybe 14 minute full on hardcore, then a warm down and another stretch. Um, they they say in there that you've got to get a complete recovery. Is, are they they're saying something incorrect? Is it not right? Yeah, if you, if you're doing true interval training, it's definitely about incomplete recovery. So it's actually not enabling yourself to fully re rest and recover. Uh, it, it's hitting it again before you get to that stage that actually really um, develops that. Um, develops the heart and the lungs particularly um, to really increase your cardio. So 
what that actually enables you to do is it means you can actually be working on your strength and your power. So you can actually be doing resistance exercise. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things that perhaps that program doesn't quite hit for me um, is that it probably does go a little bit too long and perhaps doesn't quite involve enough um, resistance stuff. So uh, perhaps a little bit more resistance with some more weights and those sort of things would actually improve that so that you could work harder for a shorter period of time. Because mm. um, one of the things we know is that if you're doing too much cardiovascular exercise, you know, just pure long distance running, long distance cycling, those sort of things, is it can actually really eat into your muscle mass. Mm, um, that's true. So it actually starts to break down the proteins in your muscles, um, which, you know, is not a good thing because not only do, you know, as we said before, particularly the guys, we like to have those muscles if you're heading out to the nightclub and, you know, want to be able to look good and pose in front of the mirror and those sort of things. Um, but we know that that muscle mass is actually really important for your overall health, for your metabolism. Um, you know, you yeah, can probably speak a bit more on that stuff, Damo. Yeah, look, you know, muscle mass, the number one biomarker of aging is loss of muscle mass. And so you... People who do run long distances tend to, they, they run out of puff quicker from the, you know, from a lifespan point of view, they tend to get sicker easier, their immune systems are somewhat uh, decreased, they have a lot of inflammatory challenges, joint issues is, you know, associated with the inflammation created by the breakdown in, in protein, they have a decrease in nitrogen that's circulating through the bloodstream so they don't repair really well. So you don't want to do the long distance cardio all the time. Look, if you enter it and you want to do marathons and Ironman triathlons, and that's absolutely fantastic, but it's certainly not something that you do for longevity. And, and building muscle mass and doing that with cardio, which is exactly what we're talking about, Brodo, which is the interval training, is probably, with with regards to the research, it appears to be the thing that will keep you alive for the longest, mm, you know, yeah. albeit any kind of trauma. Well, I think and, and isn't it interesting that when we spoke to um, Mark Sisson in, a, in one of our recent interviews, that that was exactly what he spoke about, you know, how yeah. he'd been a real cardio uh, triathlete, I believe it was, um, it was, and how he'd had exactly that response, you know, his immune system, his overall health, his aging, you know, all of those sort of things when he was doing that sort of exercise um, compared yeah. to what he does now, which he often talks about, you know, lifting heavy things, you know, doing a bit more of that intense resistance exercise. So, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously, you know, I think his story was a pretty clear example of all of those symptoms you just spoke about, Damo. Mm. Mm. I, it's interesting about the elite athletes, though. I mean, we talked about this before, how, like, I remember when I was training for a triathlon a couple of years ago, and it was interesting that the training that I was going through was, was not about trying to hit those distances, but more about getting the strength and the speed in my running or my cycling or my swimming at first before we actually even bothered i don't think we even actually ran or did any of those distances during the training and you knew that you sort of position your body in interval training so you force yourself to have some speed and strength so that when you actually did it you can actually put it all together and actually will be able to achieve those distances no matter you know no matter what and it's interesting yeah. how a lot of you know i'm sure you did the same thing brett when you're ultra marathon yeah you sure you hit those distances um you know, but you're not going to do it every single time you know you were doing some interval training to kind of build up the strength and speed to reach those distances um, so that you can actually, you know, last and uh, through that ultra marathon. Absolutely. And, you know, I think my ultra marathon preparation was probably pretty atypical compared to what most people were doing um, because I was only doing one long run a week. 
Mm. Um, and in between that, I was doing other stuff. I was doing resistance exercise. I was doing some interval stuff, um, which, you know, for, for a lot of the longer distance runners, that's not how they do it. They just run long, run long, run long. Um, and perhaps that's why some of them finish that ultra marathon quicker than me, because some of them finish substantially quicker than me. Um, but, but you know, my goal was, you know, as always, my goal wasn't to finish the ultra marathon as fast as I could. You know, I wanted to finish the ultra marathon, but I also wanted to make sure that I kept my body healthy. Mm. Um, so that's why it was really important for me to be um, looking at those other aspects of my health. Um, and it's interesting, you know, if you look at Damo mentioned in CrossFit earlier, you know, they have a new uh, branch which they call CrossFit Endurance. And the interesting thing about that is that they do all their endurance training essentially by doing interval training. They still lift heavy weights, they still do a lot of resistance exercise, but they build their endurance by doing that incomplete recovery um, and building up their endurance, building up their heart, building up their lungs. Um, by still only doing 20 or 30 minute exercise routines which is pretty amazing and you know there are guys there talking about the fact that you know going out and doing marathons without ever having exercise prior to that more than half an hour which is fascinating yeah that's great yeah, I like that that's good yeah so you know one of the things we talk about with this uh, with this interval training and this incomplete um, recovery is uh, the way it builds up your heart and the, the, we're now seeing a lot of stuff coming out saying how important this is for your heart health um, so we, what we're seeing is that by doing this sort of uh, exercise, uh, by having that incomplete recovery, um, you're actually forcing your heart to work in an anaerobic environment, which which is an environment without a lot of oxygen there. Um, yeah. So so you know this is the sort of exercise you get into, um, and what that means is that you know. Well, what the theory behind that is, is if that you can build up that anaerobic strength of your heart, um, then if you do have a, a hypooxygenic event, you know, a cardiac event with your heart, um, it's actually better able to deal with that. You know, they're, they're hypothesized in that this is going to be less likely to have, you know, heart issues later on because you've built up that strength in your heart. And that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. What about the lactic acid? I mean, obviously, one of the, the, the goals of interval training is also to try to push that lactic acid threshold. Do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Do you, yeah, do you want to go on lactic acid, Damien? Yeah, look, lactic acid is interesting because lactic acid is largely due to carbohydrate metabolism. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as muscles burn through fuel, um, there's a number of different fuels that you can use. Obviously, you can burn through fats. We know that. And it's a very sustainable source of fuel to burn through if you're training long distance. And in an anaerobic capacity, to burn through fats, very, very efficient. It's excellent. Hmm. Um, you can burn through protein. So if you were protein-starved or low in nitrogen in the bloodstream and you weren't eating enough protein or maybe you're vegetarian or vegan, you may struggle to repair your muscles and keep your, your protein levels up. And so subsequently, you, you could in fact be burning protein, albeit it could be damaging to you. The other thing that you could burn up is carbohydrates. And when you burn up carbohydrates, which could be anything from fruits and vegetables through to grains and, uh, and your tubers and your root-type vegetables, any of those sorts of carbohydrate-rich fuels, when you burn through them, you actually do build up lactic acid. Mm. So you don't build up lactic acid from the metabolism or the breakdown or the burn-up of fat or protein. Per se, you actually burn through, or so you, you manufacture lactic acid, or it's a, it's a byproduct of carbohydrate metabolism. So typically, if you're carb loading or you're eating too much carbohydrate, just generally, then you'll get lactic acid. If your carbohydrate intake is appropriate for your brain and appropriate for you know function of most things in the body, but not excessive, you're, you're not going to have a whole lot of lactic acid build up anyway. Hmm. So, what about uh, speaking to that? You know, people who load up 
um, before they work out because they feel like, okay, I need this energy, so therefore they're going to load up on food. You know, that could actually be detrimental for them, especially in interval training, because if they're going to load up on a whole bunch of carb foods, just say they go grab an energy bar or something, or, you know, Gatorade or whatever, they're going to go to this interval training, which forces the body to really utilize the most readily available uh, fuel source, which is going to be the carbs in the body, and then basically actually produce lactic acid, which would probably stop them from exercising further because of that buildup. Would that be you correct? You actually to become say? slightly catabolic. Yeah, yeah. You, you go from being anabolic, which is that build-up phase, into mm. a catabolic phase, which is the degeneration of muscle fiber and muscle tissue. And catabolism is not a good thing when it comes to muscle. Catabolism is great when you're burning through fat stores, but if you're burning through muscle, it's not great. So, and that that is a byproduct or a side effect of excessive build-up of lactic acid, and so you get delayed onset muscle stress, which lasts for longer if you've actually got lactic acid circulating through the bloodstream. The whole carb loading myth was perpetuated, I don't know, actually I don't know when, I won't even try and guess when, but it's (laughs) definitely a myth that you should carb load prior to an event to give yourself longer lasting energy. You should in fact eat more fat Mm. and more protein prior to an event because it's more sustainable, it's a slower release uh, fuel source, and the body doesn't build up lactic acid in response to, uh, to its digestion metabolism. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Damon? I couldn't agree more on the carb loading thing. And obviously, you knew sort of the program I went through leading up to my ultra marathon, and I really just didn't do that carb loading stuff at all. No, you didn't. And um, and it's really interesting. I've been reading quite a bit of this stuff lately from uh, you know from some of the professional sporting teams, um, and it seems that they're starting to go away from that carb loading finally as well. They're starting to move you know away from that, um, moving yeah. towards doing more fats and proteins, and, and I think more you know healthy foods as well. Um, because yeah. we, we're starting to see the effect that has on performance. And one of the things we know is that, that the more you do that, the more you, you fuel your body with those fats and proteins, then the more efficient your body becomes at using those fats and proteins as fuel as well. Um, yeah. so, so it's kind of a bit of a catch-22. If you keep feeding your body those carbs, then your body keeps craving and requiring the carbs as well because it's kind of the only yeah. way it knows how to get that energy. Yeah. Um, so the more you can get away from that, the better. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about what actually, what kind of typical interval training program we can actually, you know, that we can all do, you know, without actually having to go to the gym. What can we do? If I went to a park, what would you suggest I start with in terms of interval training? Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, I kind of suggested this earlier, but... uh, one of the things I think is if you're if you're currently doing a lot of cardio, you know, if you're doing already long runs or long rides or whatever it happens to be, you know, the way you can start moving towards more of an interval training is just adding in intermittent sprints. Um, you know, this is one of the things I would do when I was doing my longer runs is that just randomly as you're going along the run, I mean, I often used to do this with a friend of mine and we'd sort of take it in turns for just calling out, you know, something 50 meters in the distance, it might be a light pole or whatever it happened to be and say, right sprint to that light pole and and us being quite competitive we would sprint each other to see who could get there first but but it just adds that little bit of intensity to what is otherwise just a pretty flat long run um, so you can start introducing it that way. But in terms of actually doing true uh, interval training or more like perhaps more like the Tabata training we spoke about, then you can literally do it doing whatever exercise you like. I mean, you could be doing sprints, um, you know, 20 seconds off, 10 seconds on, or 40 seconds, sorry, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, or 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off. Um, you know, typically it's that two to one sort of ratio. Um, you could be doing it with push-ups. You could be doing it with squats. Uh, you could be doing, you know, whatever exercise it is, 
is that you you want to do and that you're up to doing, um, and you can do it actually with all of those. You know, you can vary around between different exercises, um, but just sort of stick to that two on one off uh, ratio. Um, and like I said, you'll find if you're doing it hard enough, if you're going intense enough, you know, 5, 10, 20 minutes is going to be more than enough. You're going to be done. And actually, Lawrence, you mentioned before about eating just before you exercise. <laughs> this is the sort of exercise you don't want to be eating a lot just yeah. before you exercise. Oh, definitely. You'll not. vomit. Yeah, yeah you'll <laughs> definitely vomit. Well, I remember yeah. doing the, the word Tabata just kind of makes me cringe because, uh, you know, anybody who's ever done Tabata, you sort of just go, oh, because, you know, Tabatas, I know for squats, for Tabata squats would be, um, I think it's, say, one minute of squats and you want to see how many you can actually get um, in one minute and then you have a recovery period and then you do it again and you do this I think seven times I think well that's my personal training makes me do seven times (laughs) and and, um, you basically want to see what was the lowest amount you could have done in that one minute period of time you know and that would be your score so you want to try to basically you want to keep so the training is about pushing yourself but it's also being consistent enough that you know by the seventh round you're not going to be just doing you know five you're still going to keep the 20 or 30 um, uh, squats that you'd be doing in that, thir- in, in that 60 seconds. So, so yeah, you, it's a great idea to make sure you change the intensity. You can actually also do what um, what's known as the pyramid uh, interval training, where you can actually start off with, say, 30 seconds of high intensity, and then, you know, you have a bit of a low intensity period, but then you could move up. You go 45 seconds uh, on yeah. the second round, and then you, you know, have the low intensity again, and then you go 60 seconds, and then you <laughs> and then you slow down. And you just kind of go pyramid up to a point, and then you peak, and then you start to bring it back down again. Uh, so that's another way of doing that too as well. Yeah, there's, absolutely. Uh, there's a number of different bits of equipment, and I don't even know whether or not any of the eye stuff has this as a – as a as an app or any of the Android stuff actually has this as an app, but there are these little machines that you can get that actually give you a beep, and you can actually set the beep for 20 seconds and 10 seconds and 20 seconds and 10 seconds, and so it actually every 20 seconds um, it'll it'll tell you when to go, and then 10 seconds later it'll tell you where to rest, and then 20 seconds it, you know you're going forward. You know what I'm saying? So you can actually yep. get these things, and I think I might we might have actually spoken about it in one of our earlier podcasts. We, we actually spoke about these little beep things that you just you wear on, on your belt like you would if you're wearing a, a, a step one of those what are they things that measure your steps a pedometer yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of you know a technical word but uh, you know you can get them uh, they're, they're shaped they're only that big but they beep loud enough that you know okay right now I've got a bolt and then the next beep I know I'm going to be you know just taking it easy but you can actually do it, and let's talk about the beginner here, because there'll be a lot of people who are listening to us who are thinking, oh my God, I don't want to vomit, oh my God, I'm not going to go for a long run. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. could actually do an interval training session in just four minutes. And so it's, and look, we'll post up a picture of, it, of an interval training session that lasts for four minutes, and it takes into consideration a little bit of squatting, a little bit of sit-up, a little bit of uh, jogging on the spot, uh, a little bit of... Um, I, I think it might even just be uh, stepping. So there's there's these things that you do for 20 seconds at a time, then you rest for 10 seconds, and you do that basically for a four-minute period, and you do it a number of times a week. So to start off with, that's a really nice, easy, non-invasive, non-threatening way to do it, and I'm pretty certain that just doing that four-minute routine, you're not going to vomit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Damo is going to put that up on our Facebook page, so make sure you head to our Facebook page, uh, which is just the Wellness Guys, and check it out. Yeah. Tim, I really like the uh, one about the the um, is it the light poles that you were talking about? Yeah, I mentioned earlier on, you know, light poles or lamp posts are certainly here in Australia and I know in, in New Zealand, but I don't, I'm actually not too sure about in other parts of the world. And I noticed, in fact, that we've had 
you know, uh, listeners from all over the world. You know, it's the other day with that email from the Ukraine. Yeah. And uh, so people are listening to us from around the world, which is just, you know, mind-blowing. And thank you so much for listening to us. But light poles are consistent, typically, with their distance apart. And in Australia, they're 50 metres. And so if you wanted to jog 50 metres, then walk, and then jog, and then sprint, and then walk, and then jog, and then sprint. You know, if you did that sort of thing and just set out a, a space, your light post is your interval, and, you know, you might start off by doing six or ten light posts at a time, and then that'll be the end of your interval training. And then you might do 12 the next time, and then... 13 and 14 and just keep on going up and keep on doing more and more light poles eventually you might so see yourself doing three or four or five kilometers worth of light poles and doing you know very intense interval training yeah i like that idea because especially for people who you know i, I get a lot of patients who just say oh yeah i, I exercise i walk every day you know 30 yeah, minutes a yeah. day and yeah. you know 30 minutes a day of walking is great because you're, you're beginning great. at least they're doing something but yeah. you know adding this to it you know where you know for every light pole you just kind of speed up and then, you know, go back to a normal pace and speed up and go back to normal. That interval training, that type of interval training for those beginners are, is a great way to really try to challenge the heart a little bit and actually change the routine a little bit. And you will see the difference in your body. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So any lasting tips that we, you know, tips that you want to add to uh, before we sign off here, Brett? Well, I think the simple tip really is just, you know, increase the intensity of what you do a bit. All right, so if you're just doing long runs, well, you want to increase the intensity of that. You want to just, you know, add a bit more speed, add a bit more power to it. You know, if you're, if you're already doing the power stuff, you know, you're lifting the weights, well, increase a bit more intensity to it by just packing them in a bit closer together. You know, don't give yourself so much recovery time in between. Yeah. Um, and increasing that intensity is what's going to really give you a really strong, healthy body and a strong, healthy heart. Great. My tip um, is to make sure if you're starting, do your your paleo movements. You know, your squats, your your Pro. lunges, your mm. your primal movements. Yeah, your throws and your pushing, uh, your push-ups and your pulls, because those are great great activities, are great movements to actually do your interval trainings with. Yeah, and we're gonna have an interview coming up with a guy called Paul Check. Uh, mm. who's a guru of that sort of stuff. Uh, so we're going to ask him all about how to do those primal movements because he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's so. sort of pioneered that stuff. My tip would be really just to, to start off at something that's comfortable and make it a little bit less comfortable and a little bit less comfortable and a little bit less comfortable. Don't go hard out straight up because you're more likely to you know, get the delayed onset muscle strain. Two days later, go on oh, too sore and then not exercise for a week and then find it's been a week out and then two weeks goes by and you go, oh, it was all too hard anyway. So just start out with something that's manageable, fit it into your lifestyle so you're doing, you know, 5, 10, 15 or 20 minutes every single day for a period of time or maybe it's every second day so that you're getting it in three times a week. But just start with something that's manageable for your lifestyle without being, you know, over-exuberant with it. So, so you're saying you just build it up sort of one bite at a time, Damo? Yeah, just don't. Yeah, you know, similar to how you'd eat an elephant. <laughs> hmm, that's the title of a book for us, I think. I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll have more information about that. Well, listen, great. Another great episode, guys. And um, you know what? Just go and do the stuff. Go and apply it and, you know, try it out this week and uh, go to our Facebook page and let us know what you think. Let us know what, you know, what worked, what didn't work and uh, give us a routine that you tried and, uh, you know, tell us your success and your failures as well. As always, join us each week on thewellnessguys.com. Leave your comments below this episode and make sure you like us on Facebook because that's where we interact with everybody, with all our fans. And thank you for all the suggestions for the great episodes that are going to be coming up this year. So follow us on Twitter because uh, that's also where we can follow you too as well. And to make sure you sign up notes for each episode 
episode and download us on iTunes and let's make us number one in health in the world. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show.